Eat, drink, smoke, or eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Uh, The stores are still not open because we've all lost our minds. And this is not the episode for the faint of heart. If you're afraid of coronavirus, I don't know if this is the place for you to be right now. It's not that coronavirus isn't real. It's not that coronavirus isn't bad. It's that what we've done on the other side is far worse. The the end of liberty? Like, I want to do the contact tracing on liberty. When did we decide, you know what, it didn't matter? <laughs> At what moment did that happen? Did that curve? Fingers Malloy is with me. Uh, we are drinking, we are smoking, and we're drinking the Redneck Riviera whiskey, uh, mainly because I had it in the house. But Redneck Riviera comes from John Rich of the country band Big and Rich. My interview with him is on Virtual Bourbon, which you can get on, on YouTube. Just go to Tony Katz TV and you can find that uh, interview. It is uh, small batch. Bit of vanilla, a bit of oak, a 40% alcohol by volume. So it's a very, very smooth, smooth American whiskey. And it's a blend. It's a blended whiskey. This is, this is the easy stuff to drink. There's real sweetness involved, uh, throughout. I want to always say a bit of butterscotch, uh, that's coming through in there. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing you need with this. I mean, we have the, the sphere fingers, mm-hmm. but you don't need anything. The the nose is, is right there. It's almost syrupy sweet, almost in that long branch kind of style, which is Matthew McConaughey's uh, stuff with wild turkey. All right, all right, all right. Just simple and easy. Simple and easy. Oddly enough, touching me a bit medicinal right now. But I think it's going to be different on a sphere because I have one right here. I'm getting the butterscotch. I love these things. A little medicinal, like you said. But very smooth, doesn't burn. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna end up spilling this thing. Yeah, I just got it all over me. That's, That's considered good luck in Latvia. Yeah, I. This is this is a great example of of what my coronavirus has has been like, and it has been a mess. And I'm starting to. I want to take a poll of the people who have been driven to some level of crazy by what they're seeing. There's a level of crazy about what it's done to people inside their houses. And by the way, this is nothing compared to real sacrifice out there. Real sacrifice is coming. But people who have been home all the time, people who haven't been able to work, it's a totally different thing on the head. People like, um, you know, you were talking earlier, Fingers, you are desperate for a need of return to normalcy. Yes, because it, I mean, is it just the day in, day out of doing nothing, or can you not figure out something to do? Well, I, I listen, I have plenty to do. I don't have hard and fast deadlines to do them. So there's a lot of, there are a lot of days where I'll wake up and not know what day it is. Because, you know, weekends, weekdays, there's no feel anymore. If you don't have a sense of normalcy, you know, it's the old Seinfeld bit, Tuesday has a feel. Thursday has a feel. The weekend has the feel. Well, in the age of coronavirus, if if you are at home, if you are under state-imposed quarantine, then there really is no feel to any days. You know, so I need to get back to a sense of normalcy on top of the fact I'm living in my refrigerator, Tony. <laughs> living in my refrigerator. I'm eating all of the things. So that's not good. Yeah, I... Every, I mean, I still work, right? Every day I'm still at it. So I'm, I don't have any of those kinds of feelings whatsoever. I know what day of the week it is. I'm not living in, in, in my refrigerator. I get dressed every morning. I have pants on every single morning. I have a button-down shirt on every single morning, which I know people think is crazy. But that is crazy. And I do it on weekends, too. I wake up and I get dressed. You know, I got to say something. I don't think I've ever seen you in a T-shirt, ever. Do you want me to take this off right now? 
<laughs> Finally, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, it's it's just not my just yeah. not my milieu. <laughs> uh, no, I am. I I don't know about everybody else, and I don't. You know, Brian Stelter had written on on Twitter uh, that you know he had. He, he sees what's happening in the country and sees our government response. And he crawled into bed and he cried for our country. And, and I longed, longed for toxic masculinity. Right? I don't need to know about Brian Stelter's menstrual, menstrual cycle. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> Dear Lord. There are plenty of women who have held strong during coronavirus. It don't do was that. a joke. But I will tell you. That over the past week, I have had a um, real serious issue with my country. I, and this is, this is no joke. Like, like affected in a way that I am stunned by. Um, I still went to work. You know, still did all the things. Uh, I'm not going to tweet out. There I was, you know, cr- crying in bed. <laughs> I never knew so many Americans were willing to stay home, put on their government-issued gray garb, and await further instruction. I didn't know. I, I didn't know. When I talk about contact tracing America to, to find out, you know, when liberty was lost, I'm, I'm not joking. What I see from governors, Republican and Democrat, is sick and twisted and diseased and, and not about science. These, there are governors out there who claim to be, out, be about science if being about science means they're just like Bill Nye. <laughs> right? Failed comic turned science guy, and I'm supposed to believe this. It is horrific. The state of California has done two things. First, they closed the beaches in Orange County because the people in Orange County, when the beaches were open, went to the beach. So they closed the beach, and not in on the whole of California, in the in Orange County. That's not about science. That's vindictive trash from a petty punk named Governor Gavin Newsom, who should be physically thrown out of office. He should be removed from office. And I, and I wonder now, if I, when I say that, am I going to have a problem with the podcast? Hmm. Are they going to come and say, well, Tony, you advocated violence. I advocate for people and for their rights. And I'm a guy, I, I, I rarely get into the, I mean, I always talk about these things, but I rarely get into it in, in this kind of way. I'm a t- complete and total liberty guy. I am in no way a government guy at all. Government is a means to an end and should be as small and as lean as humanly possible. That's not what we're getting. Governors of both parties deciding that the answer is authoritarianism because it's easier, to which the the Chinese say, yeah, we could have told you that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, it's like they all texted uh, um, uh, President Xi and said, what should we do here? <laughs> well, I, me, I'd close it down. All right, I'd shut all that. Yeah, have you ever have you ever dug a mass mass grave? Oh, super easy. When you're Xi Jinping, it's all super easy. When you're a liberty society, it's all very tough. And none of these people are willing to do the tough stuff. Christy Nome, Dakotas, she's willing to do the tough stuff. I think Ricketts has done a fair good job, fairly good job uh, there in 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 Nebraska. But I watched Governor Gavin Newsom, and I, I I'm how could you not be disgusted? And while he closes the beach for only some and not all, he releases sex offenders. There's seven different sex offenders he released um, attacks on cops, attacks on juveniles, attacks on the elderly, uh, lewd uh, actions in public. It goes on and on. They can't be in jail because coronavirus is in the jails. But he can close the beaches so the criminals get freed and the free people get treated like criminals. 
How do you, how do you sit idly by? And my question is, is, is this cowardice? Yes. In a lot of ways? Yes. Be- because to me, since the narrative has shifted and the goalposts have been moved from, we're going to do this for a couple of weeks to flatten the curve, to now there seems to be plenty of people who are sitting back and saying, no, 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 we can't reopen things because people will get sick. So does is it a situation because the narrative has shifted to that where too many governors, Republican and Democrat, are too scared to be part of the first wave of people saying, you know what, this this has gone too far. Uh, we need to open things up. We know people are going to get sick, but we're the United States of America, and this is not American, what we're doing right Flattening now. Flattening the curve was about not overwhelming healthcare workers. I think everybody was like, okay, we can see that. You sold us on that argument. I think that was a very effective argument, and America was sold on it. Did we have to shut down America to do it? No. I, they don't have that. I will say t- at this moment, recording on a Sunday, on May 2nd, there is not a data point out there to prove that shutting things down got us to this place. If you want to argue that if you're sick, you should stay home. If you want to argue that you should wear a mask. If you want to argue you stay six feet away from people. Those are all worthwhile arguments. You, on, on an anecdotal level, and, and on a, I think for a rather common sense level, you can prove that. You can't prove that shutting down a restaurant did anything. You can't prove it. It's not there. And what it is is there's a question of whether or not these governors have this ability and authority. There are some governors like like ours in Indiana, Eric Holcomb, a Republican, like that matters anymore. It does, it's all authoritarian garbage. Oh, he's a disappointment and a half. You know, it, it, he's saying that, of course, it's constitutional and he would agree with the people talking about the constitutional merits, but those people are wrong and he doesn't want to be wrong, too. Well, there needs to be a look at all states at what their governors can and can't do and whether or not they have this authority. The people have to push this subject because the the idea of it's easier to shut it down. Well, yeah, it's easier to shut it down. Who asked you to do the easy thing? I'm not asking you to do anything easy. And now in the reopening, they're picking winners and losers. We'll get to in a second. All of them. All of them can't point to data. You, the flattening of the curve made sense. Are people going to get sick again? Absolutely. There was a conversation about if you had the antibodies, whether or not you could get it again. And then there was some question, but maybe you can. South Korea says, nope, we've done the testing. We have a lot of, of, of false claims here. If you have the antibodies, you're not going to get coronavirus again. Well, I don't know whether or not to believe them. I have no clue as to whether or not to believe them. You know what I know? They told New Yorkers to stay home. They told the people of Massachusetts to stay home, Connecticut and New Jersey. That's where the majority of cases are. And according to the reporting, 25% of those in New York City have the antibodies for coronavirus. In L.A., it's 55 times higher than they thought. If you take a look at the study from Ioannidis over there at Stanford, it's 80 to 85 times higher. In San Francisco, Jim Garrity from National Review thinks that number's only 10 to 20 times. It doesn't matter. The amount of people who have the antibodies much higher than thought. Therefore, the number of cases that were in these places much higher than thought. Therefore, the death rate is pushed down, even though the number of deaths are at the same place, except they're not. And this is the other thing that has gotten me nuts. And, and I'm sorry. I don't want to be that guy. You guys come here because you want to hear about whiskey and you want to hear about bourbon. You want to hear about cigars. And we do talk politics. And it's 
I, I, I love this podcast in a way that is irrational. It is fun and it is enjoyable and it's and it's relaxing in in so many ways. And I get to drink more bourbon. I got to admit, the Redneck Riviera is a very easy thing to do, especially yeah. that twenty two twenty five dollars a bottle price point. Very very simple. You keep it in the cabinet. Everybody can drink it. If you want to do this with a mix, you can. It, it, it's it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. But it's just Redneck Riviera. It's just wonderfully wonderfully simple. Very, very simple American whiskey. Easy to sip, easy to do, all weather, no question. You don't mind if you waste some on some friends you don't really like. <laughs> you can give it to friends you really like, the whole thing. Uh, the, the first part of this was the flatten that curve conversation. The second part, this whole concept that... We're going to make each other sick again if we then go out. Yeah, of course we are. What's, what, is, what is the conversation here? Do you think we don't know that? If you don't want to get sick, stay home. This is the opening versus not opening conversation. Rational people understand that they have a chance of getting ill anytime they leave the house. They also have a chance of getting hit by a bus anytime they, they leave the house. And some people are like, yeah, I want to leave the house. And then other people are like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to leave the house. If you don't want to leave the house, don't leave the house. But when you want to argue that other people shouldn't leave the house, (laughs) dear Lord, that's messed up. And governor after governor after governor making that argument. You shouldn't be able to leave the house because, you know, safety. And what a position you paint yourself in when you can sit in your ivory tower. Many of the people who I see commenting on whether people should leave the house or not are getting paid one way or another. I'll yell at you. One way or another, they're getting paid. So you can sit back when we reopen the country and you see that the numbers spike and more confirmed cases of coronavirus are reported because obviously more people are interacting. And you can sit back and say, see, I told you if we just would have kept the country shut down, then these numbers wouldn't continue to rise, even though you, you, don't, you know, I don't really know if you could point to the data saying it, but OK, we'll go with that. But we're not keeping track of the lives that are being ruined by this. I'm not seeing numbers about suicides increasing. I am seeing the National Suicide Hotline reporting how their the calls to the National Suicide Hotline have spiked in a big way since this whole thing started. Mm-hmm. But you can just sit back in your ivory tower and they've created the narrative now that the the anti-economy people can sit back and say, "Well, geez, look at we tried to warn you all and honestly, that's going to be a tough narrative to push back because you've got an entire political party that seems like that and Republicans who are going along with it too in in big numbers and a mainstream media that this is almost a fetish. They're loving this. It's gross. It's gross. And and they do. And they all want to push back on the idea, oh, you just want money. The economy is people's lives. Right. It's people's lives. I'm in favor of people's lives. Sorry. Um, if, I, if I'm the only one who actually 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 believes in life, well, then that's it. But I'm in favor of them getting their lives back. But your point is really twofold. There are the people who are damaged by keeping things closed. There is the liberty conversation about whether or not this is an American thing to do. And it's not. Then there are the numbers themselves. The death toll from coronavirus is an inexact number. And it's inexact because it discusses those who have died from coronavirus but does not explain to us what else was happening, those comorbidities. 
So if you're somebody who contracted coronavirus and died, if someone contracted coronavirus and died, that number exists. But the amount of people who had something else and then contracted coronavirus, that has to be known. Not because their life didn't matter. Some people going out there saying, well, you know, they were 80. That, what, what, these things happen. Dude, that, that, that's a bit messed. Yeah. That's, that's a lot bit messed up. The argument is, is that it isn't coronavirus alone that took their life. So we need to take a look at what those comorbidities are to be able to understand the risk to the rest of us. That's what we do. That's what understanding. We are not a risk adverse society. We are a risk tolerant society. And this for for authoritarians is baffling. And this for people politically, I guess, is baffling. We take risks in America. It's who we are. We take a look at a virus and say, okay, wash your hands, stay away from each other. Mask? Really? Uh, all, right, all right. Some won't. Some stores will decide whether or not they want to. And by the way, if a store says you have to wear a mask, it's not infringing on your rights. They could say no shirt, no shoes, no service. They can't say a mask. Of course they can. Somebody had sent me a photo of Menards, which is, you know, <laughs> like a Lowe's or, or Home Depot. And you need a mask to come in here. If you need masks, we have them. They're only a dollar. And they're like, look at capitalism at work. Like, right. I thought they were dogging them. Menards can say you have to wear a mask, and Menards can let you know they have masks. They didn't say you have to buy a mask. It's not like 3D glasses. You only get them for while you're there, and you got to drop them off in the bin before you leave. There's nothing wrong with this. Of course they're allowed to say, any business is allowed to say, you have to do X or you can't do X, and then you can decide whether to shop there or not. But here's the thing, too, about that that is disturbing. You know, we're so divided as a society. We're so polarized. We're even wearing a mask now has become political. Like, I, I told a friend the other day we were talking about it that I wear a mask in the store. Do you? Yes. And you know why I wear did a mask yourself, in the what, store? What'd you get yourself? What'd you get? You got, you got the N95? Well, you, well, little dust mask? You ordered, no, you order? I got the uh, CDC-approved. I look like I'm about ready to rob a stagecoach mask. That's oh, made, stagecoach mask. Yeah. yeah. Very popular. Yeah. Uh, I wear it for the people at the store. I wear it for the cashier that looks at me. I, I've had several cashiers that look tired. They look a little, you know, frightened. It's they have to deal with this day by day. And if that clerk, that cashier feels a little bit safer that I, I'm wearing a mask, then I'll wear a mask. And it's a pain in the ass for me to wear a mask because I have glasses. And if you don't have the seal on your nose, your glasses start fogging up. It's, but if it makes the people in that store feel better that their customers are wearing a mask, it's a small sacrifice to make because they are putting themselves out there at risk of getting it. So sure. I, I, I wear the mask, but I don't want the government coming in and, and forcing me to wear the mask. Okay. It's a personal choice, and I agree with you. You know, Menards has said customers need to start wearing masks. Costco has done the same thing starting, I, I believe, Monday, that you have to wear a mask. Right. Now, now you have a personal choice. Are you going to go to Costco? Are you going to go to Menards? And that, that, Free and that's market. It. That's beautiful. And this is where people on the political right fall apart. Oh, they can't demand this. Oh, this is... Of course they can. You're absolutely out of your mind. You don't know thing one about liberty. I mean, not thing one. It's not always your way. <laughs> Deciding that people are ridiculous if they're wearing a mask, well, you could, you could feel that. But there, there's nothing else to that. Right. A store can decide it. It's absolutely fine. Like, they can decide anything else. There are restaurants out there that say no children. Can't bring kids. You know what I say to those restaurants? <laughs> Good on you. Yeah. Good on you. Keep them punks at home. <laughs> Seen and not heard. No, I'm not buying you a $50 steak.
Right. You get chicken fingers and like it. That's right. I'm not, don't even bring them. So they're right. So of course they are. But there are some people, the protests are valuable. The protesters can't figure out how to get a message across. Right. They're two different things. The people attacking the protests are the worst people in society. The protesters who don't protest right are just making a mistake. There's nothing wrong with protest. The First Amendment remains. The First Amendment always remains. It's not suspended because there's a pandemic. And there are people out there who think that it should be. I, author Neil Schusterman has called them all uh, uh, selfish because uh, they're, they're, they're protesting social distancing guidelines. That's not what they're doing. They're protesting not being able to run their business or operate their business or feed their families. Neil Schusterman doesn't have to worry about it because he can keep selling books. He gets paid for typing. Right? He could keep doing that. It's amazing, as you mentioned. The people who get a paycheck shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion. How about that? If, if I'm, because I don't have a uterus, I don't get to have an opinion. Right. You don't get to have an opinion because you keep getting paid. Those tough guy journalists out there who keep getting a paycheck, yelling about all these other people because they want to get a tattoo. No, you dope. It's not about getting the tattoo. It's about the guy who owns the tattoo parlor being able to have the opportunity to give people tattoos. You still get to write. He has to sit on his hands and wait for you to tell him it's okay. Completely un-American, completely insane. It is obscene. And the governors who push this stuff and promote this stuff, those governors have to go. That includes Newsom in California. That includes Brown. Cape Brown in Oregon extended the stay-at-home order to July 6th. I don't even know what that means. In, in Virginia, it's already June 10th. In Ohio and in Michigan, your beloved Michigan, it's the end of May. And here in Indiana, the Republican governor, Eric Holcomb, oh, we're going to open things in phases. It's a little bit science and a little bit art. No, it's not. So, so in, in order to understand it, everything is open May 4th, except not everything is open on May 4th. But libraries are open on May 4th, but restaurants don't open until May 11th, and they can only be open at 50% capacity. So you can bring your kids to a library where they share snot, but you can't go to a restaurant and sit next to another table. They've got to space everything apart. Hair salons also have to uh, space things apart. No one, by the way, at a restaurant can sit at a bar. The bars can't open until the end of May, if not into June. But the gyms can be open towards the end of May because it's okay to sweat on each other. The malls can be open at 50% until they can be open by 75% by the end of the month. Yeah. This is this is what we've done. The inconsistencies it, it are it's ludicrous looking at the list of what you can and can't do. I before the podcast, I picked up some cigars. That was cool. Went into a cigar store. That was fine. As a goof, I wanted to get Were you able to go into the cigar yes, store? Into the cigar wow. store. I was able to pick my cigars and and leave and that was fine. Carry out. As a goof, I was going to stop at a liquor store on the way over here and get some white claw. To, to say, hey, you know what? We, we joked about reviewing White Claw. We never have done it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. I pull up to a liquor store, and it's you, you can't go into the liquor store in Indiana. It's carry, it's a curbside only. But if I had gone to Kroger or a local grocery store here, a Walmart, I could go and buy, go walk right in, look all over the, the, the their selection of whiskey and, and White Claw, and be able to purchase it. The inconsistencies of these policies, they're maddening. Um, the, because the policies are not legitimate. There is no part of any of this that is at all legitimate. And if, if in Indiana, uh, you know, the people of Indiana are referred to as Hoosiers, not Indianans. Don't say that. You'll get kicked in the shin. Hoosiers. If Hoosiers think that this plan from the governor is okay, it's really well thought out. They're out of their minds. 
It's not well thought out. It's it it's it's an obscenity and it's weakness and it is cowardice, fingers, to answer your question. And it is government doing exactly what government does all the time, and we tell them not to. It's picking of winners and losers. Some businesses are okay and some businesses aren't. And some businesses can open and some businesses can't. And the best is, well, you know, we need to give these businesses time because they can't just reopen on a dime. Who the hell is government to give anybody any time? I'll take as much time as I want. Just because you tell me I can be open doesn't mean I have to be open. I can still wait a week, a month, a year, whatever it is. I need you to give me ramp? What, are we all crazy? Yeah, and plenty of these bureaucrats who are helping these politicians, these office holders, come up with these policies have never worked in the private sector a day in their lives. Uh, to me, I would have more respect, and I don't have much respect for what's going on right now. I would have more respect if a governor came up to the mic and said, you know what, I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. So, oh, okay, yeah, we can all tell. Yeah, <laughs> this whole, the whole Indiana plan is spitballing. It, and people are, are like happy with it. Oh, he's really, wow, this is a lot of thinking. Except for some people who are like, oh, I can't believe the governor really left it up to us to decide. They're offended that the citizenry gets the choice. First, the citizenry didn't get the choice. The governor still made the choice. And second, if you're offended, the citizenry gets to make the choice. My God, China's got open arms just waiting for you. And this is what's been going through my mind for the past two weeks. And I will tell you, it hasn't been fun. It's been, it has been anger. And I... I, there's a difference between talking about these things and living these things, right? I still get paid through all of this. I'm fully aware of that. Have I been impacted? Absolutely. Sponsors are, are, are less and, and, and because you can't you know, have people show up. And, and, and of course, I've been, I have been financially impacted, but I still have a job. I haven't been financially impacted like, by, like someone who isn't able to work and isn't able to bring in an income. And I don't, I don't compare myself in that way. But for what I do, I talk about this six hours a day, six hours a day. And I have, I found myself doing something I have never done in my career when I was an amateur and just trying to break into radio. And as I've been doing this now, uh, for almost six years in a professional capacity, I found myself getting angry. I found myself actually hating. I don't usually do that. It's not my style. Um, when I started in radio, I definitely started as a red meat guy because I didn't know any better. I was still funny and I think I had some unique takes, but it was a lot of red meat and a lot of loud, right? A lot of yelling. And I had to learn that that's not an effective way to reach people. It's not an effective way to communicate. Nobody wants somebody yelling at them. Like you don't want someone yelling at you, uh, you know, on th- during Thanksgiving dinner, you know, you, you don't want any of that stuff. So how do you engage with, without that? How do you still have passion without, you know, screaming. So I've worked on that aggressively over my career and I've had much success with it. And I've had people tell me I'm a squish because I'm not yelling at people. Great. That's you. You enjoy yourself, you know, uh, between the numbers and between the growth of, of, of what we're doing. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this. I find myself effective in being able to reach people and communicate an idea and, and a thought. This has worked for me and it much, it much fits my personality. And I find myself just hating these people in a way that is completely and totally unlike me. The level of anger, the level of hate. And, and I, I had to break down what is it that I actually hate. So I've got two, and I think there are probably more if I really dig in. What I hate 
are the people who have decided that a virus is the opportunity to hate. Donald Trump never said you should inject Lysol into your lungs. He never said it. To ask about disinfectants and UV lights during a presser is nuts. There's a difference between the two things. That's another bad example of spitballing. There's a time to spitball and a time not to spitball. And a press conference about the coronavirus is not a good time to spitball. So, And and the question was, was odd, but you could have asked in the back room. It wasn't the end of the world. He never suggested people ingest bleach. He never suggested people ingest Clorox. And it was the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, who said the president suggested injecting Lysol into your lungs. She's disgusting. And if you're a woman who has respect for Nancy Pelosi, well, then, my God, do me a favor. Let's never meet. If you're a man who has respect for Nancy Pelosi, same thing. (laughs) Nancy Pelosi doesn't speak for all women. Nancy Pelosi is a trash person. She lied, and media just lapped it all up, and they pushed the lie. And the late-night talk show hosts, who are no longer interested in comedy, no longer interested in entertaining, they pushed this lie. What's the point? What's the point of that? That you hate more than you can think? Do you have to make things up? And the answer is, yeah, they do. And I, it boggles the mind. It doesn't do anybody any good. Chris Cuomo had coronavirus, broke quarantine twice. He still has his job, and no one said shame on you. No one. Mike Pence shows up at the Mayo Clinic without a mask, and it's the end of times. Now, listen, I'm not saying he shouldn't have had the mask. Clearly, he saw everybody else with the mask. He could have said, hey, I, I think I should put on a mask. The Mayo Clinic could have handed him one right there and then. Well, we told him prior. No, no, no. You could have handed him one right there and then. Here you are, sir. You just got done saying something about the president, about, you know, not a good time to bring that up during a press conference. I don't understand how an experienced politician like Vice President Pence couldn't look around and say, you know, I should probably put this mask on. So I I don't understand it. If look, I actually interviewed Pence this week, Mm -hmm. you know, talked to him after he he visited uh, in Kokomo, Indiana. It's a GM plant that's now making ventilators with a group called Ventec. He was wearing a mask there. It was the day after. And so I spoke to him uh, after that. Here's here's what I think. And I don't know him well. I know him a touch. Um, He didn't want to be in a mask. He somehow thought that that did not exhibit leadership. He made a mistake because America would have been just fine with it. Now, if he had worn a mask, you know what they would have said? Pence wears a mask. Clearly, uh, he thinks this is worse than he's letting on, right? They would have spun it a billion different ways, but that part didn't matter. America would have been just fine with him wearing this, a mask. This would, I think he learned that. Yeah, this wouldn't have been Michael Dukakis in a tank with no, an army helmet on. You know? And, and I, I'm willing to bet you that was in it, like John Kerry coming out in that white, uh, you know, uh, clean suit. Uh, I, I think it was a miscalculation in that regard. But here's what I find disgusting about this whole thing, and you touched on it a minute ago. It's politicians like Gavin Newsom looking at the coronavirus as an opportunity to use it as an opportunity to reshape the way we do business and how we govern. Right. That's Never the let a crisis go to waste. Can you imagine a Republican a national public figure on the Republican side saying, you know what, this is a good opportunity for us to uh, look at things like Social Security and uh, privatize it. You name the wish list of stuff that we would like to have on the right and have have uh, a Republican politician say, you know what, this is the time 
While we have an opportunity, we have this uh, funding to help Americans out, let's put our pet projects in, in the funding bills. They would be vilified and for good reason. And yet progressives like Gavin Newsom can say, can say well, we, we can use this as an opportunity to reshape how we govern and not a word is spoken. So the first part of the hate was towards the hate. What's the point of all this? Are we going to fight this thing? Are we going to work our way through it? Are we going to understand what we're dealing with or not? Everything has to be a way to gain political power. It's, it's, it's exhausting and disgusting to watch. And then the, the other part of it is, is watching uh, those governors and those people who think that somehow you're evil for wanting people to be able to choose their, on their own whether or not they go back to work, how they go back to work, all the things. And I'll tell you, I, 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 w- I was surprised at myself at how poorly I was handling it off air. During the shows, no problem whatsoever because, you know, I do the thing. And, and, I, I'm, and I, did, I did talk about it. I can't describe to you the levels of absolute disgust and anger and having to, to just take, take a step back. So I spent uh, a, about a week and a half. I didn't pick up the phone. I didn't talk to my, my, my own parents uh, who I talk to often, 10, 11 days. I, I didn't call friends. I, I texted you and said, we're, we're, we're going to take a week off from the podcast. Yeah. I, I needed to breathe because I, what I said to myself was, it's not that, you know, oh, I'm, 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 I'm so destroyed. I'm Brian Stelter crying. I, what I said to myself is, if I allow myself to continue to feel this way, I'm going to do something on air that ends my career. Yeah. Now that I mean, so that's how I know I never really lost lost sight of myself because I was fully aware that that could happen, right? I don't you, do this stuff on, on air and not be able to use any four letter words like you and I might do, you know, right. when, when we're hanging out smoking a cigar together. Right. Now I often think about people who have mental health issues, and I'm not saying you do, but how this this whole thing affects people. I, I have been treated in the past for anxiety. We we talked about this on on the show a I've year been ago. Depression. I spent uh, uh, way too much of my twenties being suicidal. By the way, that hotline is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Just I I I only sought help twice. I sh- I should have done it more. I re- I think it would have helped me get through to the other side. But yeah, make the call 800-273-8255 if you're feeling that way. I my issues have been anxiety. I felt like I've had a my I never felt what it was like to have a panic attack. I feel like I had one a week ago in bed trying to go to sleep or I had to get up and walk around and get a drink of water. That wasn't an orgasm. Why do you have to minimize <laughs> my mental health, Tony? <laughs> but no, no, it wasn't. So but really, I, you're in bed, and was it you were just thinking about everything, or did it just fly over? Wo- I I woke up and so fell I I fell asleep, and then I I had a hard time falling asleep because I'm thinking about all the things I should be doing versus all the things I am doing, and you know if you have anxiety you can't turn this stuff off i i I get sick and tired it's like going up to someone who has depression and saying cheer up for me if you've got anxiety and have someone walk up to you and say well don't worry about it right wow thank you for pointing that thank you for making the complex simple (laughs) jeez why didn't i think about not worrying about you can't 
help yourself. I woke up maybe 45 minutes after I fell asleep and I couldn't breathe. And I felt like there was a 300 pound sack on top of my chest. And I sat up and I was gasping for air. And, and so, and I've never had that feeling before. And so I wonder about people who in this age of coronavirus can't go and see their therapist. They, oh, real? Well, I mean, but all of it is real effect. I mean, I don't know so much about, you know, can you see the therapist, but you talk about the, the, the calls being up, the, the lack of connection to people leading to depression and things like that. Absolutely true. The cost on the other side of, of that, the cost on the dollars, the cost on livelihoods, the cost on when you have these processing plants that you close down and they're not able to process food, we talk about the food supply. I don't think it's as dire as some people wanted to make it this week about the food supply chain. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. If you are in a supermarket, you will see that there's less chicken and there's less meat. Right. <laughs> there has been less chicken and less meat since this began. You've got Tyson not able to process. You've got Smithfield not able to process. You have those suppliers that are going to have to kill livestock because they've got new livestock babies coming in and they if they can't sell it, they can't. I mean, it's awful. They can't have it. Things are going to go to waste. That's very much true. In America... It will be tighter around the globe. The people who are going to die from malnutrition and starvation because of this, because we shut down society, that number I'm afraid to look at. Right. That's very, very real. So I didn't mean mean to interrupt, but just uh, on that food supply chain thing, I'm not as worried about it as some because there are other places you can go outside the supermarket in at least a lot of places to engage uh, getting getting the food that you need. And we're talking about certain kinds of food. There's no question that bread's still on the shelves. There's right. no question that butter is still there. There's no question you can still get eggs. But I'm what I'm worried about when it comes to that, though, is chicken will be the new toilet paper. And there will be a run on meat now. I, I went to Costco. 100%. I went to Costco on Monday. I got there... Five, did you get the hot dog? No, I did not get the hot dog. I don't even know who I, you are. I didn't visit the uh, hot dog or the onion gun that they have uh. at the hot dog place uh, in, in Costco. But I got there five after. Five after what? Five after ten. They opened. I got five minutes after they opened, and they had a pallet of toilet paper, the the Kirkland brand that they sell there. They just cut it open, and there was only a third of the pallet left. Five minutes into. But there was toilet paper there. Five minutes into opening, I I grabbed that and then I walked over to the meat. No chicken. No, no. There there were there were there was bone in chicken, but no chicken breast anywhere. They were running low on ground beef. Five minutes in, now they could go restock it. I revisited one other time and there was a little bit of beef, but not like it used to be when you would typically go into Costco. So that's the only thing I'm concerned about. Is okay. Yes, we are having these processing plants shutting down because of the virus and that will probably create short-term shortages but you know you just if you google right now meat and don't be careful when you google meat by the way uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you you see story after story warning Americans about the possible shortages and I'm worried that there's going to be a run on the grocery stores that will create even more of a mess. Yeah. Um, I, I will tell you this, that I have seen so many restaurants turn into markets and they're having success like you wouldn't believe. Change how you do that shopping. 
and you might find you you find what you need. Yeah. Now it might cost more. So, for example, um, here close to home, there's a seafood market that I go to. It's actually a sponsor of my radio show. I've gone to it for years. They now offer everything. You can get meat there. You can get steaks there. You can get ground beef there. You can. So that's where I order from now. Mm-hmm. I will show you my freezer. Now, is it? Did I hoard it? No. Am I stocked? Absolutely I am. But I'm not stocked with an individual steak. I'm stocked with a five-pound top round, right, yeah. that I'm going to bake off, and then I'm going to cut and serve. I'm stocked with, 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 with a rib roast, right? That's what I, I, I'm, I'm stocked with. I was at a supermarket. Kroger uh, is, is a supermarket, and uh, went there, and uh, chicken is in very, very short supply. There was some. It was just sparse. Uh, that People panicking will get them to buy. I totally agree with that. But I didn't find it more so than I have over the past month and a half. What I did see, toilet paper back on the shelves. Yeah. Did absolutely positively see that. Oh, and the people who are trying to return toilet paper, we discussed there are people trying to return, not used, there are people trying <laughs> to return toilet paper and supermarkets like, we're not taking that back. They right. bought they bought hundreds if not thousands of dollars worth of toilet paper. I, I first I don't know if the store can't is, is allowed to not take it back. Maybe some things they don't take back. But if you're taking it back now, you you just hold on to it. Just hold. There's going to be some of the reason that you decide that you need it. It doesn't spoil. <laughs> just it's so awful. Uh, but not awful. Fanimation, fantastic sponsor. Ceiling fans you're going to love for your home, indoor, outdoor, LED lighting, and whisper quiet. These motors are amazing. Completely customizable to make your house look incredible. Fanimation. Fanimation.com. Ceiling fans that are going to make your house look great and feel great. And you've been in this house so long and you're tired of the squeaking during the movies. You're tired of the way it sounds, the way it looks, everything else. Is it that brass? Do you still have the ones that are the brass? I'm staring right at fingers and while I say that. Change over to Fanimation. Fanimation.com. Ceiling fans that you will love. Great people. Fantastic. Fanimation. Fanimation.com. Um, we're smoking, and we have been for a little while. And Fingers Malloy picked up La Roma de Cuba, which is so funny. We're having La Roma de Cuba while we're drinking Redneck Riviera <laughs> uh, American uh, whiskey. Uh, this is Nicaraguan with a co- really dark Connecticut broadleaf uh, wrapper. Uh, and I, I, I say really dark. I'd say dark. It does have that nice little bit of, of grit to it. It's actually a little smoother than I, I like. I like something a little grittier. I like something a touch oilier. But Aroma de Cuba, this is a box press. They do a really nice job. This is on the full size, a full side of, of, of cigars. It's got some really, really good flavor. If you like tobacco flavor, La Ro- this this is that kind of cigar. Now it's a little windy. We're out here on on, on the deck, uh, and it's perfect. It hasn't gone out. The burn, for the most part, is pretty solid. Again, I like something that's a touch oilier on on, on the wrapper, and maybe it's just this specific cigar. Um, but it's just lovely and easy, and and a price point of like ten or eleven dollars. Uh, on it, which which makes it absolutely excellent. Also, I mean, it it rates uh, uh, very very good. Uh, I like the 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 tobacco uh, of it. Some people will tell you that this has a more uh, kind of a smoked almond kind of, of flavor, depending on 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 who you who you talk to. Uh, you can decide that for yourself. La Aroma A R O M A de Cuba. Now this is the the it says Mi Amor. Um, also on on the label, it's a secondary label. Um, a fine cigar to have, right? 
finds a go- good golf course cigar, especially being a box press, good uh, work work in the tractor cigar. Mm-hmm. Right, this is this is easy to handle. It's a it's wonderfully comfortable. Um, I'm a fan. Is this the first time you're smoking one? Yeah, this is the first uh, time I've smoked one of these. I have been trying to broaden my horizons when it comes to cigars. Uh, you know, since the 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 start of the show, I smoked in my 20s, but then I kind of got away from it. Uh, but uh, you know, I saw that this was highly rated on Cigar Aficionado's rating system, so I figured I would uh, pick a couple of these up and, and see what uh, it had to offer. And before we lit these, the right. aroma, I I was very impressed with how it smelled. I, it, I, it's, it's funny, the first box press we ever did, I didn't think I would like it. But now, as you know, I, you know, I smoke... One of my favorite go tos is the Nat Sherman uh, Timeless uh, cigars, and and is that a box press? Some of them are, yeah. Uh, and I've really I like the feel of a box press in my hand. Uh, I'm very happy with this, and I agree with you. There has been no struggle to keep this lit. It's a pleasant draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the kind and of you've cigar... you've got a full inch plus of ash going right yeah. now. Yeah. This is the kind of cigar and where... And I would keep it away from the equipment just yeah, in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the kind of cigar where I you know, I do golf, Tony, uh, but I'm not like... You, you'll good. see footage of... Well, I am a good golfer. Are you? I, well, I used to be. Is that right? <laughs> oh, I was damn near a scratch golfer, and then the kids came and I stopped golfing. Are you the John Daly of our time? Oh, yeah, I, I'm a fat golfer. Yes. So, uh, but what I, I, I've never been one like, you'll see footage of Mike Ditka on the golf course and he'll be standing over a putt and he's got a cigar in his mouth. I don't think he takes it out of his mouth. Uh, I'm the type of person when I have a cigar on the golf course, I like to put it down, leave it in the cart when I putt or, you know, I'm about to take a shot and then go back and, this seems like a ty- the type of cigar that would be pleasant on a golf course that you won't have to struggle to keep it lit. You'd be able to put it down for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. and pick right back up where you. And that's why box. I mean, the box press exists because the rollers back in the day in Cuba didn't want their cigar rolling away, so they did them as a box press, so it can handle the weather. So mm-hmm. it makes it absolutely perfect. Now this is a this is a very very nice, um, mostly balanced uh, smoke. Easy, easy, easy. And simple, but definitely on the fuller side. So if you want to feel like you're smoking a cigar, you know, this this is an absolutely excellent way to go. There were some guys in New York who decided they wanted uh, to get together. And it, this the way that it's put together, it, with a story from the New York Post, rich New Yorkers hold socially distant cigar club from their Mercedes sedans. So... That is the dumbest headline I've ever read in, t- in my in, entire uh, life. Uh, this is the former uh, CEO of, uh, of, I guess, Models. It was Mitch Model getting together with friends, all of them in Mercedes, smoking cigars through their masks. Don't do that. The mask gun light fire, you schmuck. You schmuck. But what this says to me, Fingers Malloy, is that we're going to do this this week. You and I are going to get together with a group of people in a parking lot, and smoke this week. We're putting that together. Okay. Um, this is going to happen. Why is this such a bad thing? And can we discuss how cigar lounges are being impacted by what's going on? Because for many of them, right, if it's just a straight cigar lounge, if they sell alcohol, they may not be considered a restaurant. They might be considered a tavern. So that might give them bar rules. So depending on the state, they may not be able to open right away. 
right? Like Indiana. Or they're considered non-essential businesses and they're going to have to wait. So hopefully people are doing things curbside and grabbing from their local. I, I won't tell you not to get things from online in, in this situation. I like supporting the local places. They're all mom and pop places. So I do believe in supporting them. And I've got my, my humidor is as full as it's ever been. Yeah. Because I'm grabbing two here and I'm grabbing through there because I just want to be supportive and helpful. Um, but if there's ever a place that by nature is socially distanced. It's a cigar lounge because you're never elbowed, even at the bar. I mean, okay, if you want to tell people they can't be at the bar, you're wrong, but but fine. Because uh, the bar will say, hey, we need to socially distance. We'll take every other seat out here. We'll put a piece of tape. This is where you sit. Don't screw with us. And then that'll be that. Or you can say, you know what? Don't sit at the bar. Here are all these seats like many cigar lounges have. And some cigar lounges don't even have a bar. They just have the seating. But they can't be open. Well, it, They're it, getting destroyed. And the cigar stores are quirky in a lot of ways. The place that I bought the cigars uh, from, they have a little smoking lounge in the back of their store that customers go in, they'll buy, they go back, and they, they smoke. Uh, that part of their store is closed. You can walk in. You can pick your cigars. They're very adamant when you walk in. If you touch it, you buy it. Right. <laughs> you know, you can't, oh, well, geez, I want to smell this and then put it back. But, again, these these weird rules of, well, okay, what, what can you do? What can't you do? What can this business do? What can they not do? If you're a restaurant that's a bar, uh, you can, uh, uh, or if you're, if you're a bar, you can open if you serve food. But if you don't serve food, you can't be open for a time longer. The whole thing is confusing. But to go back to what you're talking about with the it's cigar like strip places. club rules i don't yeah. understand what the touching the not touching the six feet the the the, the food and the drink i i can't keep up with it no. then again i don't go to but, strip clubs but we we do the show normally at blend bar cigar in indianapolis wonderful people and you wonder how they're going to move forward because even as a bar owner you would hope that uh, as a bar customer, you would hope that w- when you're done with the glass, they take it and they wash it. And it, But the, the sanitation that's going to have to go on in these bars, the social distancing that we're going to have to do in a cigar bar, so much of – it feels different when you go to a cigar bar because everybody's enjoying this experience. And you see people, strangers, walking up to tables to, to ask people, hey, what are you smoking? What And how is that social element going to be different? in a cigar bar post-coronavirus shutdown? So I, I argue not much. So there'll be some things that I think that they will do. So, for example, the sanitation part is easy. Serve things in plastic. Yeah. Every, you know what everyone will say? Okay. It'll be like Vegas. They'll accept it without question. You may want things in a rocks glass, but you'll be like, okay, this is what they're doing. I'm totally fine with it. Everything's coming in a red Solo cup. I'm cool with that. It's just Fine. Um, how they give you the cigar first, it, it's going to be probably more things on a printed menu, and then those who work there will go into the humidor and get it. I think yeah. that's the way it's it's going to go, and they're going to cut it for you and 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 probably light it uh, for you in in that way. Um, ashtrays, ashtrays are going to get moved and cleaned a lot right. in that regard. Right, right? there is going to be a place where they do a, a lot of cleaning. But I, I, if if you tell me that okay, we've got these leather chairs and we need to just separate them out just a little bit more, they will. And if they lose a few seats, they're going to be more than happy to lose a few seats to allow people to come in. But what we just went over needs no government. These people will will figure it out. I just want people supporting those local places. And as for these guys getting together, what, good for them. Good I- for them. There's there's. 
There's absolutely nothing wrong with with getting together. We have seen that kids want to play together. And you've seen cops telling people to keep their kids in the house. <sighs> Those cops should be thrown off the force. Let your kids play with other kids. It's okay. Tell them to come in and wash their hands. Play outside. Don't play inside if that's, if that's a comfort level. But that should be about the individual choosing that level of comfort. It's, that's exactly what, what it should be about. People choosing their level of comfort. Now, you, Fingers Malloy, sent me this about St. Louis. Yeah. Because this contact tracing thing, and it is some. If you go to TonyCats.com, you can hear my interview with the vice president, Mike Pence, because I asked him about contact tracing. And I said, the libertarian in me is no fan. The idea of an app on my phone and it's connecting to people and who has what. Creepy. I said, do you worry about the, the uh, privacy concerns? And, and his answer was, was that, and you, and you can listen to it, people are going to have to choose for themselves, which is indeed the correct answer. Um, but contact tracing is something that science does, right? It is a way they trace things back and who were you with and where were you were and, and right? Uh, so there was a story that the CDC is going to pick 420 random homes and ask for a blood sample. Do I think that's weird? No, I don't think it's weird. If you're allowed to say no, I don't think there's anything weird about it. Scientists doing science things? I don't think there's anything weird about that. It's not a blood census. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly the point. And this is where people are losing their minds. You ask yourself, is this, is this the thing you lose your mind over? If they want to be able to get samples from people to see where anybody's are and what things are going, that makes perfect sense. You don't have to participate. I don't think I would participate. Maybe I would. Maybe it's not, maybe that is not the end all be all, except the idea of giving blood to any government agency always would freak me out. Giving info- the whole thing about your, 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 uh, stimulus check. And we ain't done with the spending at all. So people who didn't file in a way that uh, was direct deposit, right? If you got a return or a refund, you didn't, you don't have direct deposit. Well, you get your check starting really this week, and they extend all the way through to September. Some people won't see checks until September, depending on incomes. But if you are direct deposit, you get your check faster. So I am not somebody who has ever done direct deposit. I am somebody who always waits for the check because I never want. All right, fine. I'm conspiratorial. I did what? They already have my bank account information. I know I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. But I, I don't want to give them. I don't want to give it to them. Right? Somehow that's that's my <laughs> pretending that I'm, that I'm that I'm safe. I got my big fat stimulus check direct deposited in my account. I think two weeks ago. But who the hell knows about how far things go back in time in this day and age. Two weeks ago feels like two days ago, but I think it was a couple of weeks ago because they have my direct deposit information. But my father hasn't gotten his check yet. He's 81 years old. Uh, He'll, that, so, so that should start this week, mm-hmm. right, where the paper checks go out. Um, this story out of St. Louis is something different. This is social media posts warning that St. Louis County released information it got from people who reported businesses in violation of the stay-at-home order. So people are narking on their neighbors. People are narking on businesses. I, I, I don't know how you can't think this is the ugliest stuff, the most un-American stuff, the what-the-hell-happened-to-the-country stuff as you've ever seen before. And their names for reporting their neighbors are being 
it's it's available now on the internet. So wait, which part is available? The the people who snitched. That was the whole thing about the story. Is now those people who snitched, their names are now available on a list. So snitches get social media stitches in this case because you've got people saying, "Okay, here's the list. If you want to know who ratted on you, here you go." And this is then this is why I lose my mind. I don't want people snitching. I don't want people narking on their neighbors. What what are we is this feeding the Gestapo information time? And I don't want to release those names either. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. Are they scumbags? Yeah, they're scumbags. They're scum. They're the scum of the earth. Yep. I don't want their names released. K, it's from KSDK.com. A spree of social media posts this week warned of St. Louis County released the information it got from people who reported businesses in violation of the stay-at-home order. So now, you know, the, the county is now worried about people. So am I supposed to say good, that'll teach them? Like, is that supposed to be my my, my answer? I think you're a scumbag if you snitched, but... Oh, none of this ends well. No. Right? None of this ends well. And it's... Let me ask you this, Tony, because this came up in conversation Uh, with a couple of friends of mine. I don't like snitches. Don't like snitches at all. Don't like uh, you looking at your neighbor, seeing someone has having... uh, You know, I live in a neighborhood. I've got a little retention pond in my backyard. I've got 10 homes. Gorgeous view. Thank you. Spectacular view. Goes on for forever. To, ten, 10 houses, I'm guessing, uh, surround this pond. Last night, I'm out smoking a cigar, having a uh, Zoom conference call, which, of course, as we all know now, 95% of all Zoom conference calls are really just happy hours. People with friends <laughs> drinking. And I'm watching, and two homes on the pond are having parties. They're having bonfires in the backyard. They're having a good time. And I'm wondering so how So you many, called. No, I didn't. But I wondered how many Karens in my neighborhood made that call i'm against those calls but say you're a business say you're a restaurant right and you are obeying the rules and then you've but you've got other restaurants in the area where you're clearly saying oh the parking lot's packed they aren't obeying the rules as a business owner do you feel would you feel compelled to say wait i'm playing by the rules and and uh jim's crab shack over there, they aren't obeying the rules, and they're taking business away from me as I'm trying to obey the rules. Do you have a problem with that business narking on the other business? Yes, I would. I, I always, always would, uh, because the rules, the, the idea of obeying the rules here, is is uh, in and of itself problematic because the shutdown in and of itself is arbitrary, right? Right, and I know this because Governor Andrew Cuomo, when pressed on this told people, if you want a job, go be an essential worker. To your kids, you're an essential worker. End of list. It ends there. So business saying, screw it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open, they're taking that risk in dealing with the police or dealing with government, that, that's okay. Narking on them, uh, you know, uh, that I'm 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 not down with that. Well, don't do it in St. Louis County, apparently. I'm not. I'm not down with either side of this. But you bring up the Karen thing first. Let me just say, does everyone know what a Karen is? <laughs> I really have issues with this. Meme. Oh, come on, have so, some fun. <laughs> so the me- I'll tell you why. The meme it started with uh, a Karen is a woman, a middle aged woman, 
with the short haircut, spiky hair, who uh, yells at the, the manager of the Gap for not taking her return properly. The Kate plus eight haircut. Yes, the Kate plus eight haircut. She is a Karen, <laughs> right? So that, and, and it's a meme, and it has started to explode. And it explodes for somebody who narks on people or, you know, thinks it should be only their way. And this applies to men and women. My issue with it is I feel sorry for people named Karen. I do. Okay, I feel, boomer. I feel, I feel real. I do. I feel awful for women named Karen. It's terrible. But it's the perfect name. There's a story <laughs> that's written uh, over at Medium. And Medium basically is the New Age Live Journal. Yeah. It's, it's, ba- yeah. It's, it's, it's basically a place where people write anything they want. And if you'll notice, you talk about shortages of chicken or beef. Flour. There's a shortage of flour. And it's not necessarily a shortage. That's a lot of stores are sold out because because of this, people are baking like never before. They're cooking like never before. There are actually some interesting things that are kind of come out from this in terms of when people realize, wait a second, I can bake, I can make this for my family, and I have to- I, I can do this. I, it didn't take as much time as I thought. I can build this into my life. Well, that's going to change how people go to restaurants and do a lot of things. I think it's going to be kind of fascinating. And some people are going to find, oh my gosh, I love this, and they're baking cookies or they're baking breads and they're they're trying things and they're learning it's really that is something that i think culturally is going to be really interesting to see how it plays out how many people like no no no, i like doing this no no, we don't we don't have to go out for that nonsense meal we can we can do this we were good at let's keep doing this and let's not wait that meal for the four of us was 73 dollars i can make that meal for seven dollars and 30 cents Let's do it at home. Let's do this. And let's save going out for special things. Yeah, I've wondered, you know, about, you know, we're, we're in the business of providing content. We're content providers. So I look at different genres of content uh, providers to see how they do things. And I've wondered, I, I've got a couple of food channels on YouTube that I watch now. And I wonder if they've received a spike in views on YouTube because people are like, I, I'm going to cook from home. And Almost guaranteed. And the thing is, I will watch these food channels and I'll watch them make something. And of course, it always looks easier when a, a, a trained chef knows how you know they're, they're making a dish. But I'll sit back and be blown away about how easy some of this stuff is. And I've just thought to myself, well, it's it's too hard, or I don't want to go through that. And and you see them make things, like even like their own pasta or something, to where it doesn't have to be through a machine and all that. You mm-hmm. do it and, and do it in ten minutes, and you're like, "Wow, this is simple." I think that there there are going to be so many things that come out of this that change our behavior, and that's one of them. Where people are going to sit back and say, "Wow, you know, I used to go out and and go get a fifty dollar steak at a steakhouse. I can make this at home and make it the way I want it to be made." and not have to get dressed up, not have to leave, and enjoy myself. There might be things that are, are either ethnic or maybe high-end things that you don't feel you can do on your own, and it's yeah. worth going out for sushi, Indian food, Thai food. The steakhouse, I think, still remains. But the everyday meals, I think people are going to get into this idea. And it's less going out, which isn't the worst thing in the world, right? Though That thought will still be in the back of their head. This woman writes at Medium. 
and she says, you know, I can't find flour. You people don't understand. I make all my own food because I'm very worried about what goes into my body. And when I make fried chicken, I, it's the breadcrumbs from the bread I made. When I make this, it's because I made this. And you people out there are just selfish because you're buying all the flour and now we can't find it. We can't find yeast and this and that. And people like myself are really affected because you're out there baking. It's, do you know how selfish how and i and usually i'm fine with selfish do you know how victim you want to be to think that this is a problem in the world that people are baking oh no no you're not allowed to bake because real cooks like me who need to make their own food they're not able to now see why are you being a bakist i feel for this person she's being uh uh she is being taken advantage of she's she's a victim tony she's a victim best part of the story ask me her name oh please be karen it's karen (laughs) her name is karen it's the best part of the whole damn story that's beautiful (laughs) but i mean can you imagine just how diseased you are in the head to think how dare these people be baking that's that people love to be victims. They adore being victims. That would be me saying, "How dare you people drink? I'm a drinker, and you people walking around buying all the booze. I can't get a hold of my whiskey. How dare you? Oh my good, what a, what an age we live in! But I wanted to bring something up, Tony, because I know you're probably getting close to wrapping up. I am. Before we started the show, I you know we talked about shopping local when it comes to buying our cigars, and I do that. I stopped at our, my local store and I bought five sticks. I also bought uh, this is the first time I ever bought cigars online. And you mentioned you wanted to bring up about I, I bought a, a package deal. My dad sent me this right uh, from this. Uh, uh, you you can cigar, say her. Uh, I believe it's Thompson cigars. Right. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. And so it's, uh, you know, all these online cigar retailers, they try to hook you. They'll have like a five cigar pack that will be cheaper than what it normally would be. And they're always throwing deals. Well, this was a 10 cigar pack with a cut. And it also had a cutter and a, a lighter and a 20 stick humidor. For nineteen ninety nine, and I looked at that and I thought, okay, I've never heard of any of these cigars, right? Uh, but I said to myself, oh, what the hell? It's twenty bucks, and I and I I started talking about the humidor. I was like, I don't know if this is a good humidor. It's probably not a good humidor. I don't know. And you said, let's talk about this on the air. So I wanted to get a sense of what you what you were going to bring up about humidors because it, it it seemed like you wanted to. to so yeah, um, it. it it's and they they always have some kind of deal like that and honestly i have i have when i first started i got some of those kind of humidors simple cherry wood box uh not not the best seal uh in in the world you're going to constantly be uh you know filling it uh with distilled water always distilled water in your humidor please 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 um here here is the answer there are plenty of cigars out there that you have never heard of off brands and, you know, seconds or thirds or mistakes or stuff like that. And some of them you'll find, you know what, not bad. Some of them may be like, you know what, this is really, this is really not something that I can smoke. Is it worth trying? Well, yeah, it's worth trying. And I don't say no to that. Um, but when, when it comes to, uh, humidors, it, it's important 
to get something that has the ability to really close well, right? It sits it seats properly. So you're keeping the, the moisture in. Uh, a humidor, you, you will spend a little bit of time seasoning, if you will, to get that, that cedar to take in the moisture so it's, it's not taking the moisture out of, of, of the air. There are um, canisters, right? Some of them are porcelain. <coughs> Some of them are plastic. Uh, a cigar jar is probably the most yeah. famous of them. They work. They absolutely do work, and and sometimes they're great if you just you want to have a couple in in the office, right? And 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 stuff like that, or you're going to have a couple some, somewhere else, and you need access to them. They they do indeed work. As for the cigars that are part of 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 your pack, who knows? Who knows whether or not these things are 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 going to be any good? I have no way. Of knowing, but in terms of the box, I think you'll find that you're spending a lot of time with the box, a lot of time with the humidor. Now, does that mean you have to go out and spend five hundred dollars on a humidor? The answer is no, but you can. There's real artwork in humidors and styles that you like and things like. That. Oh, some of them are beautiful, look right? like piece, almost like a piece of furniture. They, you know, it's it's they're very nice. You know, my my. Uh, Humidor. I want to make sure I have it right. Uh, I believe my human humidor is from Cuban Crafters. So CubanCrafters dot uh, com is is uh, is what it is, and it has done me very very well. I have not had any issue with it. What whatsoever. I have found it to be a fine box. Some people might tell me. Um, that it's it's just a big hot mess. Now, the, understand these are not advertisers of ours. Thompson's not an right. advertiser. Cuban Crafters is not an advertiser. I went to their website for the first time in forever. I click on featured deals. This is a Cuban Crafters uh, humidor. Holds a hundred. It's thirty five bucks. Wow. So I would say to you that that is from based on what I have, and I spent much more than thirty five dollars. Probably a better way to go. Normally, hundred winds blowing. One hundred forty-eight dollars, um, thirty-five bucks. I think that if you're going to be somebody who keeps cigars in for a length of time, you need to make the investment, right? If you're somebody who is just holding ten and you're going to churn through them over the next three weeks, and then you're, gonna, I think that a simple box is totally fine. Some people use Tupperware. It's totally fine for that purpose. Is it the ideal? No. So I think you're going to spend more time with your box than maybe you'd like to, but I don't think it's the end of the world. I just have gotten to the point. I've got a little uh, porcelain. Is it porcelain? It's porcelain. Yeah. Right. It came from it came from Davidoff. Yes. And it, it's great for what it is. Yes. It only holds 10 cigars. And at first, I thought, that's fine. That's all I need. But now I'm noticing, and I, I've been posting them on social media, and it's not because I'm smoking the most expensive, wonderful cigars in the world. It's just like, oh, I'm out. It's a nice night. I'll take a picture of my cigar. I'm going through cigars like crazy, Tony. I'm, because I, you're home? Yes, because I'm home. I've gotten to the point where now I'm almost, it's it's five nights a week now. I'm smoking a cigar. Really? Yeah. Okay. And so now that 10 cigar porcelain humidor just isn't cutting it. And the other thing I noticed, too, the other day I had a punch after dinner cigar. Um, it's it's P-U-N-C-H. not a punch. Punch yes. it around for a while. 
Uh, you'll find punches where you're like, man, you'll find punches like, you know what? This is just fine. Yeah. And, but I noticed uh, this after-dinner cigar, it's not very expensive, but it did write, uh, I believe, in 2017 or 2018. It was in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars. I bought one. I went to put it in my humidor, and it, it looked like it was actually a little longer than a Churchill, and it wouldn't fit in my humidor. So I was like, oh, okay. God, that's funny. Yeah, so now I was like, oh, I saw this box, and I thought, oh, what the hell? It's 20 bucks. But I'm curious to see how this works out, because I think I'm getting to the point, if I keep smoking like this, I'm going to find an everyday cigar that I enjoy, and I'm going to buy a box of them. And at that point, I need, like you said, I'm going to feel really sick if I buy a box of cigars, and I've got a humidor that just doesn't cut it, and they get ruined because I, I don't have a But good- again, it's going to be how much time you spend on that box. If you... If, if you're checking it, you know, uh, every other day and you're filling it with a little bit more uh, uh, or you're, you're, you're putting the, you know, distilled water, you're putting the pouches in there. They have solutions that you can get. I've, I've never been a, a super big fan of those. Some people might disagree and be like, no, 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 they work well. And here's why, um, you know, th- I think that's that's the 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 issue, how much time you're going to spend with it. But the cheaper boxes don't. They just they just don't. They won't seal the same. It's how, how they're crafted, how they're put together. And someone might say of my uh, box, Tony, you need a this or that. Everyone's got But I have great success with, with, with my box and I find that it holds very, very well. I've had it for a few years now. I will admit over the last couple months, maybe I'm seeing a little variation with it, but also I've been smoking a little bit more. And so there's more opening and closing of it. There's also weather changes and things like that. Right. That maybe, maybe, uh, you know, I, I could say ha- are having a- an effect. That's all. I don't think there's, I don't think uh, for $20, there's, there's nothing worth trying, not worth trying in, in that case. And even the, 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 the cigar sampler that you got, some of them I never heard of, some of them I had heard of, um, you might find something's very, very surprising. But you it's know, 20 bucks. If you're okay with blowing the twenty bucks, totally blow the twenty bucks and see what it you may got. be worth. It just if I get three good cigars out of the ten, right? It's twenty bucks, and right. I got a humidor, and it may be a situation where if that humidor is not all that big, it's only a twenty stick humidor. I'm going to be traveling. If I use it as a travel humidor and put it in my suitcase, no, 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 that no? will not work. You don't think so? Abs- you need something that has a latch, not a lock, but a latch. What if I put that- a bungee cord around? Yeah, it? Well, you. you- <laughs> Really classing things you, up. Do you also pack in garbage bags? <laughs> uh, no, that no, that won't work. do it. Nope, okay. it won't work. First of all, uh, you need something that I think has that is much more rugged mm-hmm. in that regard. You need something so it won't crack. I remember this thing is still wood, right? Yeah, that's so it true. can crack. That's true. Um, it's not. Travel is something completely different, right? You've got the like the cigar thing, like the three cigar holders that you can put in in, in your pocket, right? I have one of those. Uh, mine mine was gotten by my late father in law was bought for me. Uh, that that's alligator. You know, it's not my style, but I keep it because it, it was from my father in law. Um, uh, but you you need something. You need you need a a rugged. Kind of, and I, I I forget the name of it, but I have one. When you travel for a week like that, can you put them in a travel case like that that doesn't have a puck or something and be okay with that? Or will they? Oh just yeah, in absolutely. A, just in a week, because some of them will have a place built in where you can put in the drops of distilled water. You really you, you get a pouch, right? A Bovita pouch or, uh-huh. or something like that, and you throw it in there, and you're good. Remember, you're taking them from your humidor, you're putting them in there, you put the pouch in, and 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 what is it? It's it's a five day convention. Right. You're gonna be you're gonna be just fine. Okay. In, 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 in that regard, right? You're just not going to load them up to, to travel with until the last minute. Now, don't get me wrong. I've traveled with boxes of cigars where I'm bringing actual boxes with me. And for the most part, it's fine. But a, a humidor like you're talking about is not something that, that, that uh, I, I don't think I would travel okay. with it. That, that's good to know. Get and the I'm hard learning case. something here. I mean, you're talking to a guy that will pack glass bottles of liquor. <laughs> 
in the suitcase and take them to conferences. So, you know, I trust the fine folks at the airlines to, if you see them load your luggage into the planes, they do, they're so careful. When they, they they're so delicate. Yeah. And these the days you'll know it's yours because there's only three people on the plane. <laughs> That's true. Although more people are flying, more people have said screw the social distancing. Oh, can I or, really? What? Qu- yeah, what? really quickly. Uh, so I have a relative that flew for the first time, and he said there have been a lot of changes. What what airlines are doing? For for instance, first class is now boarding last. Which makes sense, right? Because right, why would you have the through. people sitting at the front of the plane? Um, drink service. No drink service anymore. But on this particular airline, they were handing out a little care package to every uh, passenger. Bottle of water, snack, and hand sanitizer. Brilliant. Didn't need government to do that. Mm-mm. People will just figure it out. Uh, the, the, the market We'll take care of it. That's Fingers Malloy. Find them at Fingers Malloy, M-A-L-L-O-Y dot com. Wham Talk 1600 Radio, by the way. If you're in Michigan, check him out there. Find me, TonyCats.com, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Instagram and Twitter, uh, Tony Katz. And, of course, subscribe at Apple Podcasts to Eat, Drink, Smoke. Subscribe, tell a friend, write a review, leave a five-star review. Do that immediately, if not sooner, on Apple Podcasts. This, oh, by the way, thank you, Fanimation. That's our sponsor. And blend, blend bar cigar. We love you. We'll be, we'll be back soon enough. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.